So we are here today with Nigel Bajos, a uh, fan of the podcast. Before we started, Nigel uh, shared with me that he listened to every episode. Yeah, I listened to every episode. <laughs> what the heck? I don't think I've even listened to every episode and I hosted it. Um, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much. That's like an yeah, honor. Um, for sure. Are you a Polar Pro fan as well or something? Have you? Yeah, um, I've used uh, some Polar Pro products for like some of my DJI stuff that I had for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, taking me back. Yeah. We started this thing like three years ago in uh, Costa Mesa and um, yeah, that's kind of what brought me to California. And then I just moved back to Tennessee like nine months ago. But um, yeah. Are you, do you share where you live? Sorry. If, if not. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I'm from uh, Portland, Oregon and I just live okay. uh, just South of it in a little town called Oregon city. Cool. Oregon yeah. City in Oregon. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting uh, thing here. I've I've definitely seen your stuff over the years, and um, your videos would pop up in my feed, and I'd watch it. Um, but one really stood out to me uh, recently, and it was, oh, yeah. um, the title of it was "Best Cheap Camera for YouTube." Nobody talks about. Uh, and look at that. It's performing well, 24,000 yeah. views a week ago. That's pretty good. Um, and what do you know? You're talking about the Olympus camera, one of my favorite cameras. Yeah. Also, is that clickbait? Because somebody was talking about it. Well, yeah. Dave, Dave Mays <laughs> and Jevin Dovey. That's about it. Yeah. No, for sure. There's like two people, but I feel like well, there's kind of like a broad. Yeah. There's literally like three YouTubers. Um, Rad35 photography, I think. Yep. And then there's two other guys, one that's like lives in uh, maybe Korea or something. And then another guy who lives in like Russia or Switzerland. Yeah, and, I think, and, uh, is it Robin Wong who you're thinking of? Yes, Robin Wong. Yes. He's, he seems like the nicest guy in the world. He does. <laughs> and then the other guy, I think is from Switzerland um, or something uh, or the Netherlands. I don't know. But yeah, there's like three guys on YouTube that like are Olympus ambassadors, I guess. And it's so funny, like they, all they do is talk about Olympus. That's it. That's, that, that's literally all they do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I definitely never went down that rabbit hole, but I definitely converted a lot of people to the Olympus. Cause at the time now, I mean, nowadays it's not so much the case, but like two years ago, there was no cameras that could shoot 4k, had a stabilized sensor, had a flip screen, had decent color, um, great lens selection, affordable, and good autofocus, like all those things combined, and a mic jack, obviously. Yeah. Um, all those things combined were the Olympus, and I was like, when I figured this out, I was like, why isn't anybody talking about this? Like, this is this is what you want. And then, yeah, I think it's just because everybody moved on from <laughs> Micro Four Thirds. Um, but I was at least trying to talk to people with GH fives who were trying to do YouTube. I was like, look, if you're using a GH five for YouTube stuff, like, buy one of these bodies and use all the same lenses that you're already using. Um, exactly. But, but then also a lot of GH5 users use speed boosters with adapted lenses, which are mostly manual. So when you put it on the Olympus, you're not really getting that benefit with the autofocus. So I understand, like, unless you're somebody that owns a ton of native Micro Four Thirds lenses, um, you know, it's not, a, especially nowadays with like the A7C and um, even, you know, cheaper cameras that like the ZV, was it the ZV? 10e or something i don't know ze yeah i, I forget the names for all those it's those the semi cameras the aps-c like version of the zv1 
yeah like that exists now and that's cheaper and it kind of gives you everything but anyways for sure yeah i mean tell me about like what happened when you decided to pick up an olympus camera and what are your thoughts? I mean, I don't know how long you've had it now, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I actually have it right here. Um, <laughs> you came prepared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I got it right here. Uh, it's funny because like I'm always looking for like a good cheap camera that I can recommend people, and like you know, for the longest time, you know, I pretty much have been saying like what everyone else says, like you know, get an M50 or get a G7 if you're like unlike the the really you know if you want like a really budget friendly camera yeah a um, budget friendly with a headache though i mean that camera is oh, like really hard to use it really is but like i feel but, like you know you know pound for pound you can get that camera used for like you know 300 bucks or something like that i know or, it's so ridiculous and it's like it's still pretty good quality if you just want the quality with you know yeah. having to you know like jump through a lot of hurdles but like 100%. now i you know i saw like so I saw your video and I was like, okay, like, that's cool. But I don't really think that like, I would want to use it, but then it just started coming down in price. And I was just like, huh, like I found this for 550 bucks. And I was like, that's a good deal. And, like, like 550 for a micro four thirds camera that I can use all my lenses on. And it has really good autofocus. Like that could cut my, my YouTube making time in half. If I just didn't have to like, yeah. you know, you know, mess with the, the manual focus on you know because i was using a g85 and a gh4 and stuff mm -hmm. like that so it's like like those cameras you can't use autofocus at all so yeah well imagine i don't know if you've ever used the the amazing panasonic 10 to 25 one seven and then now they have the new was it 25 to 35 i think um, yeah that lent the 10 to 25 one seven on the olympus was like a like a god youtube setup like because honestly 16 millimeters is a little too wide like 16 to 35 is what most people shoot on but i feel like 16 looks too distorted too wide but 24 to 70 like 24 is usually just not enough for youtubers like especially if you're doing like a selfie kind of thing so the 10 millimeters on the pan on the olympus is equivalent to like a 20 and then if you throw on the mode one stabilization then now it turns into like a 24 equivalent um, yeah and then it's one seven on micro four thirds, which is, you know, totally fast enough to give you nice looking bokeh. The, it's just an expensive lens and it's big, which is ironic because yeah. it's micro four thirds, but that exactly. lens on that camera was like an amazing combination. I personally have the th the trifecta of uh, Olympus primes. I have the 17 one, two, the 25 one, two, and the 45 one, two. Oh, um, nice. And those three kind of I just, I don't know. I like the one, two aperture, even though one seven on the Panasonic is nice. Um, they're smaller and I like working with primes personally. So those three sure. are, are pretty solid. Um, and then I do have the 15 millimeter, uh, as well. Yeah. But same. I, I have the, yeah. I noticed your video, you had that. And I love that lens yeah. on that body. It's like so easy to just run around and I don't know about you, but I use it all the time for just like normal life too. Like I take pictures of my kids with it cause it's such a nice compact, set up and once you like learn olympus the menus and stuff like once you really get it dialed um i actually really love the the buttons and the dials i think they have it laid out really nicely and you have the, sure. the mark ii I, I do have the yeah. mark ii and i also have the mark iii and they really did solve a lot of the things that i kind of was annoyed by with the two in terms of handling they put like a dedicated iso button on there they put a joystick on it the buttons are a little more clicky um 
And then what else? And then you also obviously get ProRes RAW, which I think I commented on your post because you're like, I wish yeah, you yeah. did 10-bit. It's like, well, the 3 does do it technically. You just have an Atomos. Uh, yeah. you, you can do 10-bit and also ProRes RAW, which I've never actually even, I've never even used it. <laughs> so yeah. I don't even know what it's like. I'm sure it's fine. Um, but like right For when sure. you posted that a week ago, literally this week, Olympus kind of like teased everybody. I don't know if you saw that. They teased yeah, yeah. It with the, they're calling it the wow camera. So apparently um, they didn't like really share anything, which was really annoying. Yeah. I watched the whole, the whole thing and it was just like, okay, I don't really know what, what this <laughs> camera is yet. Still. I don't know. Here's a picture of it. Yeah. It was like a blurred out, like really dark image of the camera. Uh, it doesn't really tell us anything, honestly, but the rumors are saying that, you know, we should hopefully have 4k 60. We should have internal 10 bit. Um, Honestly, if it just did those two things, I'd be happy. Like 4K yeah, 60 same. and 10-bit, you know, that'd be great. So For sure. Um, and I, I was really, when I switched over to it, I was very impressed with the color science. I really love the color on it. Yeah, I I like the color when I'm not, like I tried using OM log a little bit and I just, yeah, that just falls apart when I tried to grade it. But I really like flat. <laughs> totally. Like I just love the flat profile because it's like super easy. It kind of reminds me of like Cinestyle a little bit back from like the Canon camera oh, yeah. days. Totally. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's super easy and it gives me way better skin tones than any of the Panasonics that I've used because yeah. all the Panasonics just, they either give a greenish tint to my skin or like mm. a magenta shift. And I always have to like, like, you know, just messes it so much so i'm stoked yeah. on the olympus colors for sure i um i'm kind of a crazy person i shoot natural uh on it because i like i also love flat but <clears throat> my method for youtube has always been like just bake it in so i'd never yeah. have to color correct ever um because for the two years where i was just full-time youtube it was all about speed so it was like if we can just bake it in like i would even use um a ninja and record 10 bit, but I would actually shoot on like a natural profile. And so I have like a nice beefy, like 10 bit image with no noise, really clean. And it's just totally baked in. And it's like, it looks perfect out of the box. You never have to even touch it. Um, yeah. So I loved, I personally, my philosophy is like, I'm always, I am, I, I want to have flat as an option, but then also like, if my camera can do a really beautiful baked in, then that's great. A lot of people, have argued with me about that on Twitter. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I saw that about like why shoot log if you're just gonna make it look like Rex 709 <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I think that's why, uh, yeah, I mean, it's different. It's To me, YouTube, the YouTube videos that I was making were disposable videos. They weren't pieces of art. It was like journalism, basically. Like, here's a new camera, here's what it does. All right, we're moving on to the next thing. You know, it's like, for sure. so, to me, the, nothing about what I was doing was artistic. It was really just like entertainment and journalism. So anything I could do to speed it up. And because I had an editor too, and he wasn't the best at color grading. Connor, sorry, if you're listening to this. Uh, he's a lot better now. Uh, but, you know, it was just a, a hang up in our workflow where he would edit and then I would have to color correct it and then we'd export it. And once we started baking it in, he started learning how to like dial white balance and we would actually use like white balance shift. And, you know, I would do work on it. Like I would dial in the tone and the saturation and the, you know, get it how I want. Um, but it was great. Cause like he could just edit and then export and then upload. Like he didn't have to ever color correct. So anyways, sure. I'm going on a rant here. <laughs> um, so right on your homepage here on YouTube, it says 12 years on YouTube. 
Yeah. So that officially qualifies you as like an OG YouTuber, dude. 12 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess technically my first YouTube channel that I ever started was in 2006. So, wow. <laughs> so I've been like, I've been on the platform for, you know, at least 15 years now, but I feel like it, like even the 12 year thing, like that was more just for like a cool title, but I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. really say that I've ever like, I think that I started, you know, getting serious about YouTube, like back in like maybe like 2011 or something like that was okay. when I started actually like, you know, trying to put out stuff that was actually halfway decent. Well, I mean, that's, that's still a long time in internet culture. I mean, uh, no, for sure. 2011 is 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we're getting old, man. What the heck? I, know. I was talking to somebody today, actually, like I, I was, it was at my work and I was like talking about video stuff and he's like, man, it seems like you really know what you're talking about when it comes to video. You must've been doing this for a while. He was like joking around and I, I actually thought about it and I like counted I was like, I've been doing video professionally for over 14 years now. It's like, it's absurd. I started when I was 17 years old and 31. So it's like, it's crazy. Um, you know, essentially almost half my life at this point. So yeah. Um, anyways, it's crazy. Like getting old. Who would have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually just turned 31 a couple, uh, a couple weeks ago. Okay. You're a 1990 yeah. kid. Yep. 1990. Are you, did you graduate in 08? Yeah. Oh. Look at us. We're the same class. I'm an OA kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me about yourself, man. Like you're clearly an amazing filmmaker and storyteller um, based off of YouTube stuff, but I don't like, I don't oh, know anything man. about you and your background and like how you got started. And um, if you do YouTube full-time, if you do freelance, like tell me your story. What, what do you do? Yeah. So um, I started like a lot of people started making videos. Um, I was uh, really into skate filming because uh, I, I really like skateboarding even today. Nice. So I I did a lot of skate filming as a teenager. And when I was, I think, 20, 21, I got an opportunity to go and intern with this, uh, this YouTube channel um, that started out down in Houston, Texas. Uh, they're called Gizmo Slip. And they had another channel called uh, Beyond Slow Motion. Um, so I interned with them and it was actually run by a buddy of mine and, uh, his business partner. So I went down to Houston for a while and we took a trip to LA and I got to meet a bunch of, you know, pretty, you know, big OG YouTubers at the time, like Jack's films and, uh, cool. Zach King from final cut King. Um, and so I got to meet them, you know, and talk with them and see like, was that his name before Zach King? Yeah. Final cut King. Dude, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah, talking, yeah, he was about, like, we're talking about like the Zach King, the visual effects magician, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So we did a few videos with them because uh, cool. we had like a phantom camera. So we shot a bunch of like slow-mo stuff. Um, nice. But I saw that like, you know, you could actually be a YouTuber. Like these guys were doing it even back yeah. you know, in 2012 or whatever. So I thought that was really cool. And when I was done with that internship, I came back up to Portland and I started, you know, kind of doing a little bit of freelance work, but then I ended up getting another internship with uh, this skateboarding ministry here in Portland called Skate Church. Mm -hmm. And so I did the video stuff for them and I got, you know, like free housing and I got to skate and, you know, share my faith with kids. And I thought that was really cool. So I just did that for a few years. And then, um, yeah, I really wanted to start, you know, you know, pouring my, my work into YouTube a little bit more. And so I, uh, started uploading stuff, just, you know, doing uh, random camera rig builds. Mm -hmm. Um, and a, a couple of them really popped off. So I just kept on doing it and I really wanted to focus in on like 
the budget friendly crowd because that was, you know, who I was like, I didn't have a lot of money at the time. So I just, I'll just, okay, I'll make videos that are specifically for people like me. And I'll just mm -hmm. try to like do the most with the budget that I have. So that's what my channel's kind of like grown into now, where it's just like, I want to try to bridge that gap between budget gear and professional video. So, yeah. Yeah. What a cool perspective to kind of like see uh, real life YouTubers back in the day when it was so new. Was there any th cool stories from that that you can share with some of those guys um, from the early days of YouTube? Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of crazy just how much hustle a lot of those people had. Like even like uh, uh, Zach King, we met him at uh, Biola College down yeah. in LA. I forget where that is, but like he was yeah 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 i know uh my friend um uh brandon lee from this is tech today he lit he works there or he used to work oh, there. right on yeah he was like doing you know a classes but then in the middle he you know he would like you know meet up with people like us and shoot like these slow-mo videos there's this one really fun one that we did where it was an egg fight but we shot it in like super high frame rates and nice. it was just it's still on there i think if you go to like the backlog of his videos it's like this this big egg fight where we just had people throwing eggs at each other in super slow motion <laughs> and it was pretty fun and it was kind of cool just like uh learning how to use a phantom camera and Dude, uh, yeah. so, but like that stuff is it's super fun to look back on and we did a couple of uh projects with uh the Powell peralta skateboarding team uh -huh. um we did some pretty fun ones where we put a bunch of chalk on their skateboards and then they would do tricks and in slow motion you would see like the chalk just like fly all over the place as oh, they were cool. doing their their flip tricks so yeah there's a lot of a lot of fond memories from back in 2012. <laughs> you know it's funny like back when a lot of the film camera technology was just really like the reds and the phantom and um even the dsr revolution were happening it was kind of like yeah, gear doesn't matter, but also if you owned a red one and a phantom in like 2010, like you were going to get work, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then even up until recently, if you owned an Alexa mini or something, um, and you were freelance, you know, you're going to get work. Um, yeah. so I had some friends here in Nashville who like, you know, took out a loan on a Alexa mini, then they ended up paying it off in like a year. And then they just kept kept working um so you know that's yeah. not necessarily the case anymore because it's like you can buy a komodo now for like nothing so exactly uh, nothing in terms of film production yeah, money. yeah. <laughs> it's very significant <laughs> to an individual to spend six thousand dollars on a camera for sure yeah. uh but that's really cool man and uh yeah i mean is zach king a, a believer i didn't i didn't know that uh, he, i honestly I, don't know um isn't that a christian but... school i think yeah, it's a Christian school. I've been to his house. Um, he actually, he lives actually not too far. Well, I mean, his parents do uh, mm. not too far from here, just across the river. Um, nice. Yeah, I can't actually say, but yeah, who knows, I think right? he might be. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Thanks for sharing that too, dude. That's yeah. awesome. Um, there's a lot of believers in the industry here. Um, for sure. And I try to, like, I've been told not to talk about it on the podcast, but uh I still do sometimes because <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> and, I mean, like I appreciate it. I think it's cool. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, okay. So talk to me about like now, like, are you, do you have a family? Are you a freelancer? Like, are you all just full-time YouTube? What's kind of your. Yeah. Um, I have a wife, uh, no kids yet, but, um, congratulations. 
<laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Um, yeah, we. So I've been doing YouTube full time now for just a little bit over a year, and it's it's going good. I mean, like I still do the occasional freelance gig here and there um, mm-hmm. if it's a a good project. But yeah, I mean, I've been able to make YouTube you always, work. You can always dual purpose it. That's what I used to do. I'd be like, yeah. hey. Uh, if you let me bring uh, somebody to film me shooting you, then I can yeah, exactly. I can do it, you know. So Connor would yeah. just tag along while I shoot a freelance project. I throw him a hundred bucks and then I keep the rest of the budget or whatever. There you go. Um Yeah, that was always fun. But it is it's still hard though, like when you're on a YouTube schedule to also find time to edit those types of freelance gigs, especially ones that require client uh, approval and like, you know, multiple revisions. It's like no, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's like the really hard part is that like sometimes it's it, so for me like sometimes it's just you know choosing you know do I want to you know like do more freelance work and have my YouTube channel kind of like you know fall by the wayside mm-hmm. or do I just want to go like full in and just try to make YouTube work which yeah. you know thankfully it's been it's been working for like the last year a uh, year that's and a half awesome, so dude. I'm stoked. Way to go. Yeah. Do you do sponsorships? Yeah, yeah, I do um yeah, I do some sponsorships. I have like one each month now for like the next year or something like that with Skillshare. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, sponsorships and honestly, affiliate sales are where like the majority of my totally my income is coming from right now for sure. <laughs> yeah, and the ad the ad money is always like icing on the cake, right? So yeah, the ad money like it like it got to where it was actually pretty substantial when one of my videos kind of blew up. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like that lighting video. I don't know if you saw that one, but yeah, I think that one has like, I don't know, like almost How 3 to make a 300. Now. Yeah. I've watched yeah. that one. For yeah, sure. yeah. So when that one was in, it's like, it's really big growth stage. The, the, uh, the Google AdSense is actually pretty good during. I love, dude, I love <laughs> how uh, you did how to make video from any smartphone look pro. It's just the same thumbnail. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's exactly the same. But but it worked. Yeah, no, it did. Yeah, for sure. Smooth. It's like I hate like I hate making those types of uh, titles and thumbnails because it's like I just like I think it's cheesy. But at the end of the day, it works. So yeah, two two point seven million views two years ago. Way to go. Yeah. So tell me about that video. So um, if you guys haven't seen the video, um, just go to Nigel's uh, YouTube channel. We'll link it, of course, in the show notes in the description. Um, how to make a $300 camera look pro. Where did that concept come from? Was this intentionally designed to blow up? Was that kind of a strategy for you, like based off of <laughs> looking around or was it kind of a happy accident? No, it was definitely a happy accident. And whenever I talk to my friends about this, like this was a video that it was kind of like one of those filler videos where I didn't have anything planned for like the following week. And so <laughs> I just like, I shot, like I shot this video and it was almost in one take with just like a few, you know, uh, B-roll clips in it. Mm-hmm. It was one of those videos where it's like, I had it scheduled to be released and I almost was going to delete it. I was like, oh, that's kind of cheesy. Like maybe I shouldn't even upload anything this week, but I just decided to leave it up. And then it just kind of like blew up within like a mm-hmm. couple of days and it just, yeah, it got a lot of traction, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely one of those videos that just, it was a total, well, a total happy accident for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, same here with uh, the M50 video for us. Uh, the that was the M50 had already been on the market for like three or four months, and so and then we reviewed it, and it just like for some reason just eventually went viral on our channel. And then we obviously made like five other 
M50 videos back to back yeah. to back. But it's something about that that price point. It's I mean, well, it's not something. It's obvious. Like most people, like a wide net of people, um, maybe they want to up their game with video. Like they're not going to spend a th- even a thousand dollars is absurd to them to spend. So the yeah. title itself how to make a $300 camera look pro like $300 to most normal people is kind of top of what they want to spend. They don't even want to spend 300. That's probably like a lot for, for some people. So it's kind of like, okay, $300 camera. How do I make it look like pro? Like it's, it's so simple. Um, and then the, obviously the thumbnail is perfect. It's just a clean, like a and B on the left you have, you know, garbage shot, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then on the right, you have a well-lit, um, professional looking shot and it's got the face, it's got the camera, it's got red. I mean, it's kind of the perfect marriage of things. It does remind me of one of the videos that, uh, Ted did on Indie Mogul. He did like, oh, a, really? he did like a lighting one that I wonder if he stole it from you, honestly. Dude, there was a lot of people that like, oh yeah. Wait, uh, oh, I have the, uh, I have the face only autofocus on. Oh really? But yeah, yeah there's a lot of people who, uh, yeah, uh, like, the yeah, they messaged Hollywood. me and they were like, "Hey, could I borrow that idea and do my own take on it?" And I was like, "Sure, I don't know if it works." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've now that I'm looking at it, I wonder if they just ripped you off completely because it looks <laughs> like before I was working there, there was like two or three before and after thumbnails. Yeah, like crappy on the left, good on the right. Yeah, I mean, if it works, don't f- don't fix it, right? If, if yeah, it ain't broke, sure. don't fix it. And that's the whole that's the strategy on YouTube is like seeing what the algorithm likes, seeing what people click on, and uh, iterating and making it your own. But way to yeah. go for uh, pioneering that style <laughs> and that format. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That that video actually got me put on the the creator on the rise for like a day, which I was stoked on. Dude, wow. Yeah. Did it go viral like overnight or was it like over well, a I month think it was or like, a week or what? What happened? I think it was like, so like the first week, I think it broke like a hundred thousand views. Okay. Um, and then it just like, it just kept on growing after that. And I think it was like a month later that I was the creator on the rise for a day. Um, nice. <laughs> but yeah, it was, that's his, was that's it my on, only... I would imagine that it was on everything, right? Like Petapixel, DP review, like did they Honestly, share it? I didn't share it anywhere and I don't know if it did get posted anywhere, but, um, yeah, I haven't really like looked into that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a nerd with analytics. So I'm always trying to figure things out. Um, what is, if you look at your analytics, what are, what's kind of your top like five performing videos each month? Do you have, do you know that off the top of your head? Well, honestly, that video still performs pretty well each month. Um, and then I have a few other ones about, uh, like some cheap stabilizers or how to like, you know, stabilize uh-huh. your camera for free or, uh, it's just a lot of the stuff that yeah, the smooth video without a gimbal. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That so one does pretty well three years ago. Okay. Yeah. Have you done any follow-ups to those other than how um, to make a video from any smartphone look pro that's, that's a great follow-up. Yeah, I've done a few of the, um, like how to stabilize your camera without a gimbal. I've done a few of those. They haven't popped off as much as like, uh, that initial one did, but yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I try to play off of like the ones that have already been successful and see if, you know, see if I can, you know, get a little bit of traction on them. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. 
By the way, I was going on a rant about why I don't shoot flat for YouTube videos, and you literally have a video titled that. <laughs> yeah, I think that one's really old, but yeah. yeah two years ago. You, yeah, you must yeah. have changed your uh, changed your tune a little bit there. Well, <laughs> I, I think back then, like I was you know, still shooting with the GH3, and I couldn't really shoot anything other than natural anyways. For sure. But uh, yeah. <laughs> that should have been why I don't shoot flat for YouTube videos. Play. So I got the GH3. It doesn't shoot flat. <laughs> so make yeah. sure to subscribe, like, and comment down yeah. below. <laughs> Have you played around with uh, YouTube Shorts at all or TikTok? Honestly, uh, not YouTube Shorts. I've been... So TikTok I have, I've got like, I don't know, 12,000 uh, followers on TikTok. And I just nice. do the same type of stuff on TikTok where I like, I light stuff, but I just use my iPhone 7 and show people just how much... You yeah, know, lighting can affect your video, even if you're using an old phone. But cool. yeah, TikTok is weird. I don't know. It's the commenters on TikTok kind they're, of, I don't know, they weird me out a little bit. So well, I try to like stay kids. off of it. Yeah. So it's just <laughs> I, like. I. It was the first time in my life when I started like interacting with children. It was kind of like, oh, <laughs> this is, I'm not used to this. Like, this is what Logan Paul deals with. You know, it's yeah. like the comments are so, it's like. I made a, uh, you know, I did that parody on the iPhone or whatever. And there's this one line where it's like, Google can't sell me nothing, you know? And yeah. somebody's like, my dad works at Google and I'm going to tell him that you made this. Android phones are amazing. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I've never seen a comment like that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only on TikTok. Uh <laughs> yeah, it's strange. Cause I feel like even the youngest viewers of like my YouTube channel are still I'm assuming I mean, like high school, maybe senior. Yeah, they're yeah. at least, you know, 16, 17 years old, you know, mm -hmm. at like the low end of like, you know, the youngest person, but Plus, yeah. And TikTok, there's, they're probably like very intelligent, like creative people too, because they're watching yeah. your stuff, obviously like yeah. most, uh, normal, you know, playful play Fortnite all day. Uh, kids don't watch filmmaker channels. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Um, Cool. Well, way to go for being full time on YouTube uh, this last Thanks, year. I know for me, it was super freeing when I finally um, pushed it over and got there as well, because um, I don't know about you, but like doing freelance work is as fun as it is uh, being your own boss and kind of like running your own business. Like I would just be so frustrated. I'd, I'd like make a project, put my heart and soul into it. And then send it over to the client and then like all the notes would be change this, change this, change this. And it's like, but those are all the things I liked. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but these are all the things that made it good, dude. Like what are you, what are exactly. you doing? And um, once I started just putting stuff on YouTube, it was so freeing to like find my people, find people who agreed with my style or like the things that I liked. Do, do you resonate with any of that yourself? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I feel like the same, the same thing can be said for like when I was doing uh, freelance work, it was kind of like you try to put so much effort into the things that you think are going to make it better. And then just have the people that you're, you know, making the video for just, you know, turn around and tell you that they don't want them. Whereas, <laughs> yeah, it is with YouTube. Like, like I can put like literally anything out and even if it doesn't get any views, it's still like, no one's going to tell me that I, you know, I should have, you know, color graded it differently. I mean, you can tell yeah. me that, but it's like, it doesn't actually affect me in any way, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. And it's a lot, it's a, it's a fun job, you know, to just it is, yeah. you know, make YouTube videos. I can't really complain. 
<laughs> I laugh and cry as I, it's almost been a year since I've stopped now. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's been. I I I feel like I I need to stop. I, this podcast for me is like my therapy because I talk to, like, by having this podcast, I'm able to still be a part of the conversation. Uh, yeah, for sure. So I talk. <laughs> so I just like try to talk to other YouTubers so I can make myself feel better because I'm surrounded by non-YouTubers all day every day now. Um, whereas I was in Hollywood surrounded by a bunch of people uh, at Indie Mogul and that was a lot of fun. But you know that we're yeah. not there anymore. So, <laughs> um, anyways, what are your thoughts on kind of the filmmaker review space on YouTube? Because I feel like over, I mean, especially for you, you've been on the platform for so long, you've seen it change. Um, what are you kind of feeling as far as the pulse of the kind of niche that you're in? Are you having to kind of change or is there anything that you're doing to try to, uh, grow and, and you know, up the next you, know, you basically as a youtuber you kind of want to make every video better than the last and, and try to learn from your mistakes um so what's kind of your your thoughts on that like the current pulse of our niche yeah i mean i definitely think that uh there's a lot more uh there's a lot more youtube channels that are you know based around filmmaking um like so much more than when i was you know first learning like all i had you know to watch was like you know a Philip Bloom and, you know, film riot or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but as far as like my own channel, like I've kind of like, you know, I crafted this, you know, uh, budget filmmaking aspect to my channel. So I feel like the one thing that's like not so great about that is that I'm never talking about the newest cameras. And so I'm never really mm -hmm. like, I don't typically have like the newest cameras that are going to show up in search a lot that I can make videos about, but at the same time, I really do enjoy still trying to just like make the most mm -hmm. out of like the, you know, the, the cheapest cameras that I can find. So that part is still fun to me and that's what I'm going to keep on doing. And what I yeah. want to, uh, you know, continue to do is like, you know, do some, some short films and some, some spec ads, like with this cheap gear that I have just totally. to hopefully keep inspiring, inspiring, you know, the, 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 the type of filmmakers that I was when I was younger, mm -hmm. because the thing that I found is that, um, you know, when I was, you know, trying to learn on YouTube, like a lot of people are, you always, you know, you see people, you know, say the phrase that, you know, gear doesn't matter, but then you see that they have, you know, a red Komodo or, you know, an area Alexa in the background <laughs> being yeah. used as paperweights or whatever. And so I always felt like there was a little bit of a disconnect there where it's just like, mm -hmm. if there's a 17 year old kid watching this and you're saying gear doesn't matter, <laughs> but you have all this like tens of thousands of dollars of gear behind you. <laughs> like there needs to be some, like there needs to be some kind of like, you know, actually putting your money where your mouth is. So if I was doing anything other than YouTube, obviously I'd probably want to get something other than, you know, a cheap EM one Mark two or whatever, but sure. be because I've kind of like, you know, worked myself into like this niche on YouTube, I want to try to like yeah. do as much as I can with as, you know, as budget friendly gear as I possibly can. So that's what I want to just, you know, continue to do. And hopefully, I don't know, expand on, you know, what's possible, I guess, with the cheap gear that I, I, well, uh, I yeah. think you've picked a good, uh, kind of niche within the niche because we're continuing to see so many great new cameras and things coming out year over year that are cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and more accessible mm -hmm. than ever. Um, you know, obviously of course, mobile phones is kind of the obvious one is like everybody buys 
phones already. Um, the fact that the cameras are getting so good uh, is great. It means that you yeah. don't have to buy a camera anymore. Um, and I mean, you were talking about the iPhone 7. I mean, you can totally get away with even an older iPhone or even Android phone using different apps like Filmic Pro or whatever. Um, but that being said, the new like iPhone with the ProRes, I've been very impressed with the, the ProRes results. And also this new Sony Xperia Pro I or whatever um, with the one inch sensor in it. Uh, that's really promising to like get true depth of field, have like a big beefy sensor on a mobile phone. That's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, it, it's like a $1,200 phone though. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, like I still can't believe that they put ProRes in an iPhone. Like <laughs> yeah. when I heard that, I was like, are you serious? Well, <laughs> it's, that's such it, a beefy codec. Well, yeah, the, I think the rumors were coming out a couple of months prior about it. And it was such a, like, there's no way kind of a rumor. It was like, yeah, that's one of those rumors that are, it's just obviously like some sort of lost in translation thing. Um, but no, it's not only is it just ProRes, like it's, it's ProRes HQ. It's like 700, uh, 700, uh, megabytes per second or something. Yeah. Um, it's like, you have to get like the largest capacity phone to even shoot a couple of minutes with it. Right. But I think it's a interesting marketing decision maybe for Apple because, um, so Steven Soderbergh famously has shot a couple of films, uh, on the iPhone. Um, and I think there's some sort of, um, there's just something to like the idea of shooting on an iPhone, like in a real professional setting. And by unlocking that feature, um, it may truly be used in that way. And that will be the biggest, you know, who knows, maybe Apple's literally currently shooting a show for Apple TV plus on an iPhone. And the filmmakers are like, look, we'll do it but you have to give us ProRes. Like we're shooting on a real million dollar budget. Like we need, it needs to be good. And they're like, yeah. well, might as well just give it to everybody. Cause then boom, next filmmakers um, will have access to it. The problem. And uh, I had this discussion with crazy Ken from computer Cl uh, clan, who was just on the, I don't know if you know that channel. He's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, he brought this up and I've heard a lot of people talk about it. The, the 13 is a USB two speed uh, lightning port like if you're talking about a terabyte of footage it's going to take you like what like an hour to get it off <laughs> it's like a terrible workflow yeah <laughs> you'd have to like I, I feel like real professional shoots would just have 10 iphones all one terabytes and once it fills up you just throw it to the dit and he just starts offloading and then you just get the new one and just keep going that's yeah you know. <laughs> But that's so ridiculous. So yeah, <laughs> and you don't even need that for TikTok or oh no, YouTube. for sure. Um, it's very like I feel like even that's a very like niche situation that you would ever really need ProRes in your iPhone. Mm -hmm. But it's but cool hey, that it's there. Yeah, it's there. It sure is. Um. So, uh, let's see. What else can we talk about? <laughs> um. We can talk about whatever, Dave. <laughs> do you have any questions for me? <laughs> Since you've um, been a fan of the show for so long, what are some of the things that are like, what, what's some of your favorite guests that I've had on? Well, I definitely, uh, I really liked, uh, Logan Paul's editor. I yes. learned so much Dude. from those two podcasts. Um, Hayden. Yeah. I, yeah, I probably yeah, could have just Hayden put Hillary. it, I could have put it in one, but I was, it was during kind of the holiday season. So I was like, this is a great opportunity to break it up into two because they're both great. And they, I, we talked for two hours. I didn't want to cut yeah. it. Yeah. 
No, that was a great episode. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I just, like, I listen to your, your podcast a lot when I'm like, you know, driving out into the mountains when I'm, you know, filming a lot of my videos and it's just, it's just really interesting hearing even the, uh, the homesteaders, like that was a really cool episode. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that one performed well. That was actually one of our top performing videos, uh, and episodes with those guys. They have a, a really big fan base. So, yeah. Uh, and it is interesting. It is a very interesting lifestyle. Even my wife has kind of like thought about like, Hey, it'd be cool to like buy a house in the country out here in Tennessee and yeah. like convert it into a farm. Give us like, it just gives you, I, I understand it. It's like, I mean, it's innately human to like farm. It's just what we were put on this planet to do at, you know, that's how God made us, I guess. So yeah, for it sure. is like really being one with nature and having a lot of purpose, you know, taking care of these animals and, and then the fulfillment for my kids too, to like plant a seed, to see it grow, to fertilize it, to then harvest the food. There's a lot of metaphors there that you <laughs> Definitely. can use. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, makes a lot of sense. It's just like culturally it's, uh, you know, I mean, who do you know that does that? You know, not many people, but yeah, um, no, for sure. Yeah, so, that's something that like I've always you know thought about you know trying to move out to the mountains or something like that. Which you know someday my wife and I might actually end up doing that. But uh, nice. we're actually planning on moving to Dallas in March. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Good that's choice. where my wife's from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go hang out with Saradici down there, and uh, yeah, yeah, no, I was gonna see if I could skate with John Hill. Maybe I'll yeah. have to hit him up. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, you should. Um, do you know him? Uh, I well. Oh, we have mutual friends, but I've never cool. actually uh, talked to him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's super sweet guy. Um, yeah, they're down there. That'd be awesome. You could sh- yeah. help, help him shoot or something. Um, yeah, that'd be sweet. And then, uh, Ryan, Ryan, uh, 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 freaking <laughs> film, right? <laughs> oh yeah. 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 It's funny. Uh, uh, shortly after I left, uh, with Gizmo slip, um, this is, got to be like back in like 2013 or 14 uh mm. they got on the same uh revision three uh yeah. thing with film right and so they did this little uh skit with uh film right it was like the funniest thing they like uh they're good friends with this guy who uh who blows stuff up out in texas uh-huh. and so they <laughs> met up with him and they like they blew up a car or something like that in slow motion it was hilarious oh my gosh yeah ryan connolly yeah i ryan can't connolly. believe it yeah I'm like, he's going to freaking kill me. I'm having a brain <laughs> fart. I'm like good friends with him and everything. He's so yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he never listens to this. So it's all good. There you go. Um, so what are some of your like aspirations as a YouTuber? Like, do you want to be like, do you want to just have like a million subscribers and just like be the best in the world? Or do you want to like slowly grow, you know, like a core audience of people who maybe you have some products, maybe you have some courses that you could sell to help you know i don't know like what what are some of your business strategies and goals yeah so i mean i've been thinking about this a lot about whether i want to you know continue to do youtube like you know you know five or ten years down the line and if it still you know keeps paying the bills then i'll keep doing it um you know a part of me really does want to like experiment doing something else like maybe not something you know super different but maybe just you know working for a company as like their main Mm -hmm. uh you know a creative director or something like that yeah Um, not that i don't like being a youtuber but i just kind of want to try something else because i've only ever you know i've worked 
at uh, Parks and Recreation, and I've been a freelance filmmaker, and I've been a YouTuber, and I'm 31. That's only like three things. So I wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. to try something else. And when, you, um, by the way, just to clarify, you didn't yeah. you didn't shoot the show Parks and Rec, right? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> no, I just worked at Parks and Recreation here in Portland. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, yeah. You weren't like a, you know, on set or something. No, you know? no, I wish. That would be insane. <laughs> but yeah. I was going to say, I only did these three awesome things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be insane. Um, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, totally. I mean, the, it's been not, it's been refreshing for me personally going from being full-time YouTube for like three years to like just stopping dead and (laughs) just like killing it immediately and then going and like i'm a creative director at my cousin's company uh and i do you know they do courses and like instagram reels and you know i just made like five ig stories today with all sorts of you know things and we're they're teaching me about facebook ads and you know instagram stuff and i'm learning about that that whole algorithm and um so it's it's still similar, but I'm just not on camera anymore. And it is refreshing to be a creative director because they really are like, okay, Dave, so what do we do next? I'm like, well, here's yeah. some ideas. They're like, those are great ideas. And then I do them and they're like, this video is awesome. I'm like, cool. So <laughs> I'm the boss. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, when, like, I feel like when you're, not the, some... when you're when you're working for somebody else it can be frustrating but when you are the boss it's kind of like okay well at least i'm not having to answer to a million people yeah no totally and like i feel like there is something to be said about just having a normal job like i don't think there's anything wrong with that like you know part of me you know thinks about you know it'd actually be kind of easier if i just if i didn't have to like you know constantly figure out you know how i was gonna you know, make more money each month or whatever. Yeah. It would just be like a paycheck. And I was like, okay, I don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> Whereas like now it's like, you know, I can have high months, you know, on my YouTube revenue yeah. or I can have really low months where I'm just like, oh totally. dang, I need to like sell a light or something like that to, <laughs> you know, make up some some revenue or whatever. Very YouTuber of you to <laughs> that happened yeah. to me all the time. It's like, oh crap, I need an extra grand. What camera yeah. can I sell this month? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I, like I still do that sometimes just like, you know what? Like, I need a couple extra hundred bucks. What can I sell around here that's been <laughs> sent to me? <laughs> yeah. I, th- I feel like every uh, f- filmmaker, especially, just has, l- if you've been doing it for a decently long time, you just acquire little doohickeys like this little adapter thing or like a quick release plate or like a, you know, a tripod that you maybe used once on a shoot because you need to buy it at the last minute. And yeah. like, all those things just add up and you just end up having a garage full of this crap. And your wife is like, why do you have all this? You never even exactly. touch it. And yeah. it just sits in there. It's like, oh, somebody will maybe give me a hundred bucks for this little <laughs> quick release adapter, you know? But totally. Um, that's so funny. Yeah, I can I can totally relate. I don't know. I, I think because I've basically worked for myself my whole life, like working for somebody and having a paycheck has been weird. It's been a weird adjustment because mentally I always had this idea that like there's no ceiling to how much I make it's it's kind of like based on how hard I'm willing to work and especially with YouTube no matter you know if you just work hard and like play the algorithm game and you know get as many sponsors as you can and get the views up like you can make more and more money month over month um that is possible but yeah you know but it's stressful it's a lot of work um that's one of the reasons why I had to take a break because it was just eating up too much of my life and uh you know 
this job has been, you know, there's pluses and minuses. I have to like drive and go to an office, you know, all yeah. day. Um, and then I've been traveling more than ever too. We about once a month we do a shoot somewhere. We're, I'm going to Arizona next week, so. Oh right um, on. You know that's fine when we don't have kids, but I've got a two year old and a four year old, and like I miss them every time I leave. And yeah, you know. so there's there's nothing nothing's perfect. So. Yeah. No, for sure. It is what it is. <clears throat> cool. What kind of um, anything that's like not gear related that you love? Like for me personally, I've become obsessed with retro gaming. Like uh, I bought a Nintendo, like a NES. And I've been playing that. And then um, I've been getting into F1 racing because of the oh, Netflix nice. show. Is there anything in your life that you... I see a guitar back there. I'm a yeah. guitar player as well. Yeah, I'm not anywhere near as good as you probably. I just kind of like dink <laughs> around on there when I'm bored what? or I'm waiting for something to render. But You just think because I live in Nashville, I'm good? <laughs> well, no, I've... I mean, I've listened to this podcast enough that I can tell that you're probably pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, to a certain level when I was a teenager, uh, and then I just, I'd never like advanced, but yeah, I can play a yeah. couple riffs. <laughs> That's rad. Yeah, no, um, outside of filmmaking, like I'm really into skateboarding. Like I still skate oh, yeah, like yeah. Duh, a few times a week if I can, uh, when it's dry here. And uh, nice. I really like, like I'm really into camping. Uh, my wife and I do that a lot here in Oregon. It's just kind of like, of course, it's like you know the funnest thing to do. Um, it's such a beautiful. I'm really place. getting into. I've really been getting into uh, running as well. So I do that okay. a lot. And this is actually the podcast that I listen to when I run a lot too. <laughs> nice, dude. Yeah, man, you're you're just giving you're just filling my head up with a lot of hot air right now, <laughs> dude. I mean, like, this is kind of like you know surreal for me because it's like I listen to this podcast so much and it's just like oh I'm on it now. It's kind of sick. <laughs> you have noticed like as I talk, you just start to kind of like zone out, like you're listening and you're like, oh wait, no, I'm, this is live. This is not yeah, yeah. recording. I'm just joking. I'm just. Joking. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really looking at you. I'm only looking at myself <laughs> like yeah, we all go. do on zoom. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm just full of myself. Um, <laughs> no, I look at you too. Um, yeah, yeah. but I am looking at myself right now. Uh, how will you know? You'll never know. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite food? <laughs> um, you know, I really like, uh, I mean, it's going to sound lame, but I really like just beans and rice uh my dad's nice. brazilian so i just i eat that a lot with chicken dave, and it's, that's very dave ramsey of you <laughs> yeah no i mean it's great with a little bit of cumin and the the beans i'm, I'm stoked dude you are a, a simple man to please now i know how you've been full-time on youtube <laughs> <laughs> well, well that's you, another thing i was going to mention is that like you know i feel like you know my my youtube revenue might like you know if i was living in LA, I probably wouldn't be able to go full-time on YouTube, but you know, here in Oregon city, it's actually, you know, it's pretty, it's not like super expensive and I'm a pretty frugal person. Like my, my overhead isn't really that much. So I can, Smart. I can live, you know, pretty comfortably yeah. on a 134,000 subscriber, you know, that's awesome. Man. Uh, revenue stream. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, th that's, what's so cool too, is like a lot of people think, um, you know, I, I can't, I can't make it unless I get to a million subs or whatever. And that's just so not true. Yeah. Um, obviously we are completely spoiled in the camera gear space. As I've been researching over the last nine months, like what I want to do next, I'm trying to, I'm, I've been trying to figure out like what I want to do next. I think I finally landed on it, but um, it's going to be gaming related and like entertainment. Um, just completely getting away from the camera review space. Cause I've just kind of become a little frustrated with it. 
so uh but in that space like you do have to have like a million subs to make as much as you're making like it's yeah. it's really crazy um how the tech space and especially our camera gear world like it pays better because does, people, yeah. people know that people who are sponsoring you like they know that they're talking to professional people um and yes of course you do have the kind of lower budget audience but it's still creative professionals more than likely so um or aspiring people you know that's yeah, a no, great, for sure that's skillshare is a great company to to sponsor you it makes complete yeah. sense it's people who are learning and growing and wanting to become professional so obviously skillshare would be a good company to to partner with yeah no for sure that's something that i found too is that like you know being in like the lower budget niche um within filmmaking like like even with my affiliate sales like there's a lot more people who are willing to click an affiliate link and buy a you know a 50 dollar light that i really like mm -hmm. than there are if i you know posted a link for a red komodo or something like that like <laughs> just because of like the type of people who come to my channel like they're on a budget and i get that and so it's yeah. like you know so I actually see like the volume of sales from my affiliate links is like a lot more than what I would get if, you know, if I was talking about maybe some more expensive cameras. Have you tried, um, I didn't like do a deep dive and, and I'm just asking you off the top of my head. Yeah. Have you tried doing like a versus B, like an Alexa versus the G seven? Have you ever done that? Um, I've done a few like that. Like I've put my GH three up against like, a Z cam and a black magic and, um, and yeah. like an FX. Well, I put the S five up against the, the FX six cause uh, Panasonic sent me an F they sent me an S five, uh, like a year ago for like a project. And yeah. I really like that camera. Me but, too. Yeah. It's a great all arounder. No, it, it really was. Sucks yeah. autofocus, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's better than the other, uh, Panasonic cameras actually, especially when you go to the crop mode, it works a lot better. No, yeah, the S5 is like probably the best Panasonic camera I've used. I haven't used the S1H yet, but um, it's, it's I've used same, a lot of, basically. yeah. Yeah, I actually convinced my buddy to uh, pick an S5 up, so he's using that now too. Nice. Yeah. I'm very lucky with uh, my job. I mean, I'm using the C70. They bought it for um, for the courses and all the, I use it every day for our job. It's like such a workhorse but it's cool. My cousin's like, I was like, Hey, can I use it for my personal stuff? They're like, yeah, you can take it home and use it. So I'm able to use it for this show. And ooh, look at that. Look at that autofocus. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I do love the C70, but I, at least when I was at Indie Mogul, when I was just doing a lot of, you know, obviously I was just constantly researching and my whole goal when I was there was like, I want to make this channel the next corridor digital. Like let's, blow this thing up to like 5 million, 10 million subs. That was my goal. And so I was only focused on like just blowing it up. And so I was trying to do the most ridiculous like topics and things and, you know, at least within our own limitations. And I did find like the, you know, $100,000 camera versus the $1,000 camera. Like that's such an absurd idea that people would click on it and watch it. Yeah. And from an entertainment standpoint, that's how I viewed it. Like, it's all kind of the illusion is that yes, you're you are gonna learn something. Yes, I'm sort of taking it seriously, but there is kind of a subtle wink wink going on where I know this whole concept is ridiculous. I'm just here to kind of entertain you because it's a like you're never of course if you're gonna shoot on an Alexa, you're not even considering 
an iPhone, you know? But, yeah. Yeah. No one's going to ditch their Alexa for an iPhone in reality, <laughs> but it's a, a super fun concept for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Um, call me crazy, but I bet if you like rented an Alexa or something and then put it next to, you know, the G7, like it would probably do pretty well. I would yeah. imagine. Um, and you don't even, and don't title it Alexa versus G7 title it, you know, hundred thousand dollar camera, Hollywood camera versus a $300 camera, you know? Yeah. Um, for sure. Cause if that to based off of your number one performing video, that would totally fit that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to like think to yourself like, Oh man, I don't want to become that guy. Right. Yeah. But you can do it once every quarter or whatever. And that's your kind of like casting the net moment to like get new people in who've never heard of you. And then once you get them in, they, they start to, you know, they subscribe and they start seeing your stuff and they become fans. You know, that's how you slowly build your following. So absolutely. Yeah. But, um, that one video, like the fact that it's not only is it like performed really well, it's performed like more than two X better than your second best video. Yeah. It's 2.7 million views. And then your second video is 712,000. So like, yeah. that's, that's really, to me, that's really clear that the algorithm really likes this video every time, basically every time YouTube shows that to somebody that they think would like it, they click it like essentially, yeah. um, because you're getting more views than Peter McKinnon at that point for a video like this. I mean, McKinnon has 6 million subs and he's averaging like 300,000 views, which tells that's kind of back to my previous question about your pulse on the, uh, on the audience. Oh my gosh. So yeah, like, yeah, he's about averaging 300,000, like 200, 200, 100, 500, 200, 200, 200. And he's got 6 million subs. So well, yeah, yeah. 5.5 million. So like, to me, that tells me that, um, our niche is either just getting spread thin across so many different channels that are doing the same thing essentially, or, um, <laughs> or McKinnon's just not like <laughs> doesn't care <laughs> or something. I don't yeah. know. I don't want to say that because he's obviously like kind of a master at his craft for sure. Um, and he's got a really core audience of people, but um, I don't know. I, I'm, I always go on rants about our <laughs> niche because I've been constantly like trying to, I've probably been overanalyzing it for so long because I was in it for so long and I felt like I kept hitting a wall over and over and over trying to do what I'm seeing Mr. Beast do and other people do in our niche because people just take filmmaking so seriously. If you like be silly about it, they get like kind of pissed off, you know? So, yeah. And I never, I never understood that. Like, cause like, I mean, like I love, uh, you know, like the videos that you made on uh, Kino Tika and Indie Mogul and the stuff that, uh, Zach and Connor have been doing. Like, I think that's Thanks like, I think that's hilarious. And I feel like <laughs> the filmmaking niche needs more of that because, like we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously. Like we press a red record button for a living. You know what I mean? Like we don't <laughs> yeah. like, you don't have to, you know, pretend that like we're doing something that's like, I, like, I don't know, like maybe some people are doing it and you know, it's way more of a big deal, but to me it's just not. <laughs> and I like a little bit of lightheartedness in it because yeah. it's just, you know, they're just cameras. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, at the end of the day, like um, <clears throat> it's, it is a small group of people um, that are interested in this. Uh, just because it's, I mean, otherwise there'd be filmmakers everywhere you look, right? Like, I mean, yeah. it, there's, 
I don't know, you know, people in my church, like there's no, but I don't go to a mega church or anything, but like, you know, I don't know anybody that does what I do there. And, um, locally there's nobody here like in Nashville downtown, of course, there's a bunch of people, but, um, other than cities and, you know, industry towns on average, people don't do this. So yeah, for <laughs> sure. that's okay. And like, if I've been trying to say this a lot, like on the podcast, if you are good at video or even a photographer and you understand video and you want to do YouTube, consider trying a niche. Like in your case, you love skateboarding. Like if you used your filmmaking abilities to make a, a skateboarding channel, that's a much larger audience of people that are interested in skateboarding than filmmaking. So like use your skills as a filmmaker to make the best freaking skateboard videos ever because yeah. that will be served to more people. Um, I feel like a lot of us filmmakers think like, oh, I see Matty Apoya doing it and Dave Mays and whatever. I'm going to just do that too. And it's like, well, yes, you could do that. But because we're all filmmakers, we're all good at making these YouTube videos. So now it's just like, there's a ton of us doing the same exact thing. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I'm like, I'm going to be the first to say like, I'm jumping ship guys. Like I'm going to try something else here because, um, you guys can handle it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's something that like, I've been, you know, toying with the idea of like, you know, starting a second channel and maybe doing it about skateboarding or about, you know, camping and van life and stuff like that, because that's stuff that I'm like super into. And I feel like, like my filmmaking, uh, you know, background could actually, you know, help me you know, make better videos than what's already out there, even though there's a lot of really good stuff out there in both of those niches. Sure. Um, I feel like I could, it'd be like, I'd be competing less with, you know, a trying to, you know, get in front of the right people, I guess. Yeah. But then again, you'd make less money probably because exactly. <laughs> the ad money is less and all that. So like, that's yeah. the back and forth I keep having. And um, at camera camp, uh, Zach did this thing called camera camp on Sunday. I don't know if you heard about that or whatever, but um, I think I saw something about it. Yeah. Yeah. He, for like the last six months, he's been saying October 31st, downtown Nashville camera camp. Like, uh, if you want to join, uh, subscribe, like he, that's oh, how yeah. he, that's yeah, his yeah, call yeah. to, that's his call to action. He's like, yeah. if you want to be in camera camp, make sure to subscribe. That's your ticket. <laughs> yeah so, whatever <laughs> and it actually finally happened but yeah it actually happened uh and i think like seven guys showed up one guy from new new orleans two guys from texas one guy from california um there was a couple guys local um that showed up and it was hilarious like he actually pulled it off and of course i had you know uh daddy duties like doing trick-or-treat with my boys yeah um but once that was over i went over there and there was like six or seven guys that were like Kinatika indie mogul fans. And they were telling me like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, get back out there, do it again. Like, we'll watch it, you know? Yeah. And so that, that made me feel really good. It was kind of like, Oh, I guess I could just go back to it. Like I could probably just start tomorrow and just kind of pick up where I left off, I guess. But yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know if I want to or not. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what to do, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, I'm not struggle to figure that out. It doesn't matter. We're not here yeah. to talk about me. We're here to talk about <laughs> you. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, let's see if you could change one thing about YouTube, if you had uh, the CEO of YouTube on speed dial and, and she would actually listen to you. Uh, is there anything that like annoys you something that you would love to a feature you'd love to add to it? 
I mean, I just kind of wish that, uh, well, first I wish, and I, I know that there's probably some technical limitations as to why that a YouTube can't do this, but like, I just wish the YouTube quality would be like Vimeo. I've always <laughs> yeah. wished that. Cause like, I know, you know like, I really better. like, I used to love, you know, putting, you know, like a, a film grain on like, you know, some of my more, you know, like artsy, you know, pieces or whatever, but it's like, I couldn't like, you can't do that on YouTube. It just doesn't look yeah. good. It gets compressed. People, yeah. So I, I wish like the quality of YouTube would be a little bit better. So that, like you could actually show off like how good of a camera you actually, or, you know, how good of footage you are actually, you know, working with. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, uh, I don't know, the whole subscriber thing is kind of weird because I feel like if you're subscribed sometimes, unless people have that bell notification turned on, like your yeah. video won't actually go into their subscription feed. Yeah. And I've had a lot of my subscribers tell me that. We're just like, I'm subscribed to you. I don't like having notifications on because it's annoying and I never see your videos. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well that sucks. But <laughs> so if there was some way to like fix that somehow, I don't know. But I mean, other than those two things, I mean, I'm, yeah, I feel like I don't really. I feel like subscribers have kind of. I mean, it is a metric that people like to have that number. It's like a ego thing. Yeah. Um, but it's like I don't it doesn't matter like the algorithm is serving it to the right people yeah like I don't actually care about subscriber count like I'd rather have consistent high views like I'd rather have 5,000 people who want to yeah. watch my video than you know a million and only get you know a couple hundred thousand views or whatever you know what I mean like <laughs> like I'd rather hey, actually have hey. people watch my stuff that was indie mogul <laughs> for sure uh <laughs> indie mogul had like I think 900,000 subs or something when Ted got it so and most of them would be considered like dead subs. So oh, I always sucks. felt like that channel w operated as if it only had like 200,000 essentially. Um, yeah. Even though it was a million, it was as if those other 900,000 uh, were, you know, not a part of the equation. <laughs> so, yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, totally. I, I agree. And I think uh, Pat Flynn talks about that, you know, super, he has a, we had him on the show one time. Um, he has a book called super fans and he kind of, he talked about on the podcast and he talks about in the book, how like you really only need like a thousand true super fans who will watch everything you, you make, buy everything you sell and just be there, uh, for you because they're, they're fans of, of your product and fans of, of you. And exactly. if you can do that, you can build a successful business. Cause if you can get a thousand people to spend a hundred dollars a year, that's a hundred thousand dollars a year right there. So, yeah. um, if you can you know, good, good for you. If you can even get, if you can get 5,000, you know, that's even better. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's a great, great strategy there. Anything you would, uh, anything you would like to leave with our audience, uh, as we close out here, if you could put any, uh, this is a, a famous Tim Ferriss question. Uh, okay. if you could put anything on a, on Times square, like the, the big billboard in the middle of Times square, what, what would you put on there? Oof. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a good question i don't know it's, i'd probably put like i mean it's probably gonna be like uh, cheesy but i'd probably just put like a bible verse or something like that yeah something really yeah something that if you could do something, something a, a piece of scripture that maybe not everybody knows or maybe they do but there's like a twist to it that kind of catches your eye somehow and it like really hits home and yeah. yeah, I don't know. Something like that. Something yeah. yeah, something the world maybe needs to to hear right now. 
yeah i loved i loved what kanye did you know with the album like the name jesus is king like that that became like all over the headlines all over the media you know it was like jesus is king is number one it's like yeah he is like yeah like such a clever album cover because and name because anytime anybody talked about it they're proclaiming that jesus is king and one of the most ironic things about the robbery that happened to me was that i had a i went to kanye's concert in la when i was living there and it was right when that album came out and i bought like you know the stupid was like 150 dollars sweatshirt right yeah it said jesus is king on it and i loved it because it was you know i i'm not like a huge kanye fan but when he did that album i was a huge fan and uh and they stole it so uh the guys that they stole that hoodie because they knew it was worth money or whatever yeah. so i was like it's kind of cool that like these robbery robbers are like walking around wearing this hoodie that says jesus is king on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so ironic but yeah very <clears throat> well uh mustache gang for the win uh i'm probably going to shave mine tomorrow uh for mustache november but i also often have a mustache i love the stash dude yeah, I can't like it takes months and months for me to grow facial hair. So this is like three weeks in the works right now. <laughs> it's nice. It's it's nice and full and uh, it looks great. Very masculine. <laughs> very parks and rec of you. Well, thank uh, you. <laughs> how's your wife feel about it? Does she love it? Yeah, I mean she's my, my wife loves it. She like she wants me to have a mustache. And my theory is that other women don't most other women don't find it attractive to have a mustache so that's my theory is like she's keeping me as her, oh, there you her go. man because she knows yeah. most other women find it atrocious but yeah <laughs> so she knows no one's going to be like looking at you or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like exactly. honestly i just grow it because i want to prove to myself that i can <laughs> <laughs> i love it dude yeah. well uh let's stay in touch man i really enjoyed this conversation and um i'm happy to help you and just stay in touch and uh yeah for thanks sure. for coming on the show we'll have to have you on again another time for sure and uh when are you are you, are you planning on moving to texas soon or is that like yeah just uh, kind of... in march we're planning oh, on wow. uh, okay yeah road tripping down there so <laughs> sweet i mean if i guess nashville's not really on the way but um, if you're ever in Nashville, hit me up for real. We'll, we'll hang Dude. out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on Dave. It's, of uh, course. it's been an honor. Thanks <laughs> for stoked. shouting me out in the video. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> That's how egotistical I am. It was like, oh, <laughs> this guy is talking about me in his video. I, I should have him on my podcast. <laughs> yeah. Did you appreciate that? I put you inside of that old Mac too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, it was, uh, it was perfect. That was, yeah. that was amazing. And you know, as, as uh, dumb as it is, it's like, I, I'm i just being vulnerable here. Like, I, because I haven't been doing YouTube since January, like, I've missed it. And, like, the fact that you put that in there really made me feel like, oh, like, I, people remember me. Like, people yeah. uh, watched the stuff. You know how it is when you're a YouTuber. It feels like you're just talking into a, a void. Like, you you are just talking to a camera on a tripod by yourself and yeah even though there's people commenting on the videos and stuff um the fact you know that you went out of your way to like mention me and like that one of my videos like i was literally an influencer in that moment i influenced you to buy that camera exactly it's so crazy when and i'm sure you've experienced this too obviously with your number one performing video i'm sure tons of people bought that camera and told you that they bought it yeah um 
it's it's a weird feeling especially when you meet somebody in person who's like that one video you made really changed my life or like it really I bought this camera because of your video it's you know it's it's a really fulfilling job in in that sense yeah no for sure so thank you for putting that in there. It made me feel special. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. All right, dude. Well, we'll have to have you on soon. And uh, thanks again. Talk soon. Cool. Yeah, thanks, man. Later. <laughs>